So thank you very much for joining us this morning. Once again, we are excited to have this time that we can connect and just share the word of God together. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We give you praise. We give you glory. We honor you, my Father, even this day. We say this is the day that you have made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Mighty Father, we pray even for your word right now. May your word go forth in power and in simplicity. May you continue, Father, to reveal yourself unto us and show us your glory. Even in these last days, Lord, we want to walk closely with you, that, mighty Father, we may please you and do your works here on the earth. In the name of Jesus, Spirit of the living God, have your way. Teach us and guide us unto all the ways of the truth. Reveal the truth of the Father to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you very much for joining us again this day. I'm going to share the word of God with you straight away because we need to save time and we need to finish also on time. Uh, what I'm going to share with you today is just an encouragement, especially in your walk of faith. There are times sometimes when you are praying or believing God for something and it seems like it's not coming about and you confess all the scriptures, you do everything that you think you need to do and you still feel like things are not working out. So what do you do then? Because there is this uh, issue that sometimes we feel, I've started in faith, I've been confessing, I've been doing this pastor, I've done everything I know to do and things seem just not to be working. I've confessed all the scriptures, I'm praying the best I could. Some of you, you would even say, I'm even fasting, and things are not changing. So I just want to start with you in the book of Luke chapter 22, verse 31 to 32 in the NIV, so that you may see that there are times sometimes when your faith is tested and you may your faith may fail. So all that you need to do is that even when things are tough, things are difficult, keep the faith. Don't let your faith fail. Look at it with me in the book of Luke chapter 22, verse 31 to 32. It says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. So he says, I've prayed for you that your faith may not fail. So as long as your faith doesn't fail, you are not defeated. Keep the faith and keep on holding the faith. But at that time, sometimes you say, but pastor, it seems like I've done everything I could and I'm almost getting weak now. I really feel that I'm getting weak. I'm not even sure that my prayers are even reaching the Father. It's as if my prayers are just bouncing against the ceiling. I just want to encourage you that faith does not work alone. So today I want us to talk about patience, the pillar of your faith. Patience, the pillar of your faith. So let me give you an example of a pillar. It's like something that needs to be supported and you need a pillar to support it. So if we say your faith may not fail, so it means your faith needs to be supported. Actually, if you check on my book, Key to Extraordinary Life, there is a place where we talk about the sister forces of faith. And some of you, you call them the fruit of the Spirit. So we can talk about peace, where you have peace in the middle of the storm. That is a way to support your faith. 
but we also need patience. You will see the scriptures that I will share with you today that patience is critical in your walk of faith with God. Go with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 to 38. It says in the King James Version, KJV, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Want us to look at this closely together? It starts by saying in verse 35, Don't cast away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. You will find that most of us in our faith walk, when you start, you start with confidence, you start with boldness, you start knowing that God will do it for me. And somewhere along the way, if it's taking a bit of time, you start losing that confidence. You no longer speak as bold as you should. You no longer speak as confident as you should. And sometimes you find in some of, even some of you in your faith walk, we could see when you are starting to get discouraged that you are not as bold as before, that you don't have that kind of confidence that you started with. So in your faith walk, don't cast away your confidence. It says it has great, great recompense of reward. You will be rewarded. Keep that confidence. So if you start by confessing and declaring that God will do it, don't ever change and think, sure, it seems it's not working now. Sometimes God answers prayers. Sometimes he doesn't. Maybe it's not the will of God. When you start doing that, you are starting to cast away your confidence. And here he says, don't cast away your confidence. The way you've started, keep it the same way. Keep confessing the same way. It might be 20 years later, keep on keeping it the same way. It's like when Abraham was believing God for a son. He kept on doing it that way and they even ended up having to change his name and called him Abraham, which means father of multitudes. So you don't cast away your confidence. The same way that you started in faith saying that God will do it for you, Keep it the same way. Now verse 36 says, For you have need of patience. You see what you need? You have need of patience. That after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. So some of you say, but pastor, what is patience? Because some of you say, I'm waiting patiently and that, but sure, it's taking time. That's not patience. Okay? Verse 37, he says, For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. So it means in our faith, we must never draw back. We must never give up. It's like you are trusting God, and you're believing God, and you're confessing all the scriptures. Just when you are at the brink of your breakthrough, you give up then you get nothing out of that. You've come too far to quit. You've come too far to give up. So don't throw away your confidence. So we've got to keep on keeping on in our faith and indeed let patience have her perfect work. Go with me to the book of Psalms 37, verse 7 in the NLT. You will see that Sometimes you need, you see, sometimes when we are very busy and hearing a lot of things and 
You look at other people and you think things are working well for that one, but for me, things don't work out. Things seem to be falling apart for me. This and this is not working. That is the time to be still and wait upon the Lord. If you spend too much time with the Lord and wait upon him, spend time in prayer, you will be renewed. Your strength will be renewed. It says those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up high with wings as eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. So it means even when you are running, you will not grow weary. You will walk and not faint if you wait upon the Lord. If you wait upon the Lord. If you wait upon the Lord. If you spend time with God, your strength will be renewed. So look at Psalms 37 verse 7 NLT with me. It says, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. So when it says be still in the presence of the Lord, it means spend time with God and sometimes just listen to your spirit. Wait patiently for the Lord to act, knowing that my God will do it. If God has given a promise, he's well able to fulfill his promises. I think we can learn from Abraham. Abraham was trusting God for a child. God told him he will be a father of multitudes. So he actually wasn't trusting God just for one child. He was trusting God for children that would be as numerous as the sand of the sea, as the scriptures have promised him. But then once the promise was given, he needed to patiently wait upon the Lord. So go with me to the book of Romans, chapter 4, verse 16 to 21. So we're going to learn some few things here from how Abraham had to wait for the promise. The promise, some of the Bible scholars say the promise was made when he was about 75 years old, but he only gave birth to Isaac when he was about 100 years old. So it's almost 25 years later. But he had to keep on keeping on. And we know, of course, somewhere along the way, there were times when doubts would be coming in, but God kept on saying, look back at my promises. So Romans chapter 4, 16 to 21, King James Version says, Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to that which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of all, us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. You see how faith works. So let's study together in verse, I will just pick something. Verse 17, it says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. So where you need to start with God, start where it's written. You start knowing what God has already said. 
If God has already said that by the stripes of the Lord Jesus I'm healed, we can say as it is written, by the, the stripes of the Lord Jesus I'm healed. If you have a need, you can say as it is written, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So that's where it starts. You need to know what is written. You know, need to know what has been spoken. That will give you the confidence. That will then help you that when you are waiting patiently, you know the Lord will act because he has already promised. Then it says, verse 17, it says, Therefore before whom he may believe, even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. So God, when he calleth things that be not as though they were, it means God is not influenced by the circumstances. He calls what he wants to see to come to pass. He declares it. And the same way even with you, child of God, call things that be not as though they were. Speak what you want to see. Don't allow the circumstances to dictate to you what you must say. So it continues, verse 18, it says, Who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken. So we are hearing, according to what was written, according to what was spoken. So you can either have received the word of God as a written word, or you can receive the word of God as a spoken word. But when you receive that, stick with it. Knowing that what God, verse 21, he was fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. So it means if we know that God has already spoken something over our lives, we should patiently wait for him, knowing that he will do it. It's just a matter of time, but he will do it. I know my God is faithful. He has already declared it over my life. Actually, if we read in the Passion, he talks about the word of God, what God has declared, a declaration over your life. Look at it with me in the Passion Translation, Romans 4, I'll read 18 to 20. It says, Against all odds, when it looked hopeless, Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. He took God at his word. As a result, he became the father of many nations. God's declaration over him came to pass. That is what I want you to look at. God's declaration over him came to pass. So similarly, God's declaration over you will come to pass. God's declaration over you will come to pass. But what do you do when your faith is feeling weak? Because you've been confessing and confessing, and you say, what do I do then? What else can I do? Go with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, verse 12. King James Version, Hebrews 6, 12. King James Version says, That you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. You see how you inherit the promises? Through faith and patience. Why faith and patience? Why don't you just inherit the promise through faith? It's because sometimes what you are trusting God for may seem to be taking a bit of time. And you feel, sure, I've been trusting God. I've been trusting God. I've been trusting God. I have faith. I know that I'm standing on the word. You have need of patience. That after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Now here it says, you have, through faith and patience, you might receive the promise. So the reason why we say we need to receive the promise through faith and patience, sometimes some of the things you're trusting God for won't happen instantly. 
you will have to patiently wait and trust the one who has promised. But there are also times, sometimes, when you find what you are trusting God for. It's not delayed because of the need of your patience. But it might be delayed because the enemy is blocking your breakthrough. I want you to understand those two things. So there are times sometimes when some things are delaying because you need to exercise the fruit of the Spirit, which is patience, and patiently wait upon the Lord. Keep on saying, I know that God is faithful. He who has promised will do what he promised. But there are times sometimes when the enemy is trying to rob you of your blessing. And then you say, I'm patiently waiting on God. Then in that case, you are not patient. You don't need to patiently wait on God. You need to claim what rightfully belongs to you. Because then the enemy is trying to block your breakthrough. He's trying to block an answer to your prayer. So I want you to go with me to the book of Daniel, chapter 10. Verse 11 to 13, the Amplified. Because here you will see Daniel prayed. He wanted a revelation of something. He wanted to understand something from God. And the Bible indicates that the very first day that he prayed, his answer was heard. But then what happened? Look at this. Daniel 10, 11 to 13, Amplified. Classic. And the angel said to me, O Daniel, you greatly beloved man, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. For to you I am now sent. And while you are saying this word to me, I stood up trembling. Then he said to me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your mind and heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come as a consequence and in response to your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me for 21 days. So he says three weeks ago when you started, already your prayer was given. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me for 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief angels of the celestial princes, came to help me, for I remained there with the kings of Persia. Do you see this? So the angel says to Daniel, the very first day that you started praying, your words were heard. And I was already sent to bring an answer to you. But as the answer was coming to you, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. So actually, for you to understand this, we'll do it in, 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 in Ephesians. You will know that there are principalities and forces of darkness in the heavenly places, in the, the, the principalities of the air, the forces of darkness. And those are sometimes the forces that need to be contended with. Those are sometimes the forces that are blocking your breakthrough. That's why sometimes you need to be engaged in spiritual warfare. You need sometimes to travail in intercession and then claiming what rightfully belongs to you. And telling the devil, get thee behind me, Satan. Get your dirty hands out of my promises. And you stand your, on, on the word of God. Because here the angel says, there was nobody who was helping me until Michael came to help me. We know Michael as the archangel of war. Usually in many places when you hear about war, you will hear about Michael. You remember in Revelation 12, when war broke out, we hear about Michael, the angel of war, the archangel of war. But when you hear about Gabriel, he usually was just a messenger angel. 
but not necessarily a messenger of war. So when the principalities were blocking him, they managed to detain him for 21 days that he couldn't reach the answer. He couldn't bring the answer through to Daniel until Michael came and helped him. So I'm saying to you, child of God, sometimes some of your miracles and breakthroughs, they are principalities and powers of the air that may want to hinder your breakthrough. Go with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 19. King James Version, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You see, you need to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He would not tell us to be strong if we were not going to be shaken. If there was not going to be things that would push you to the limit. Sometimes you feel, I've been pushed to the limit. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now you see, now we are standing against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against wicked spiritual the wicked, uh, spiritual wickedness in high places. So now here you can see, these are the same kind of wicked forces that were blocking the answers to Daniel's prayer. It says we wrestle against them. These principalities, these rulers of darkness of this world. So it means there are forces. There are forces that control what happens on the earth. So that's why in the spiritual realm, you can take authority and make a declaration over your life, make a declaration over your family, make a declaration over your loved ones, so that whatever the prince of the power of the air once done in your life will not be uh, accomplished. That's why I speak the word of God over myself. I don't wait for the enemy to declare over my life what should happen. So if the enemy has got plans to kill me anytime, accident or anything that he can use. That's what the enemy may want to do. But I've got to declare that the Lord said he has given his angels charge over me to protect me in all my ways. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run unto it and they are safe. So in other words, I'm covered under the blood of Jesus. So I'm making a declaration over myself in the spiritual realm so that that will then be manifested in the natural. If evil forces can block your answers in the spiritual realm and those answers cannot come to you in the natural, it means you can also tap into the spiritual world and claim what rightfully belongs to you so that it can be released to you. You know the scripture that says whatever you bind on earth or whatever you prohibit on earth will be prohibited in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. So it means you take that spiritual authority against this spiritual wickedness in high places. Verse 13, it's Ephesians 6, 10, let's go 13 in the King James Version. It says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. Okay. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. Then he starts listing all the armor that we need to have. 
but it's having done all to stand. It doesn't say having done all to stand, then you can give up. You've tried your best. No. Having done all to stand, what do you do? Stand. And you do this patiently waiting, knowing that the one who has promised is able to bring his promises to come to pass in my life. I'm not going to be moved. I'm keeping the faith. I'm standing my ground. I'm standing my ground. And stand your ground even when you feel you no longer have strength to stand. Keep on standing. You are not depending on your strength anyway. Because the Bible talks about, let the weak say, I am strong. Even when I'm really feeling that I've been standing and standing and standing and it seems it's not working, keep on standing. And the other element, where now your faith has to be also working. I am told you about where the enemy may be trying to block your breakthrough. But there are also times sometimes where we are just required to be patient, waiting upon the Lord, like I've indicated before. Like Abraham waited upon the Lord until he received his promise. But when you are waiting, you keep on speaking the word. And when you are waiting, the thing that will strengthen your faith, help your patience, is when you can see what God has said. In other words, you keep on looking at the promise. That's why in Habakkuk it talks about write the vision down so that he who runs may run knowing what is written, knowing what is, in the, what is ahead of you. So even when he talks about Jesus, he says the author and the finisher of your faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the Father. That's in Hebrews 12. So when he talks about the joy that was set before him, so if you see what you are waiting for, then you won't give up. Then you can't quit. Because you are still looking forward to that breakthrough. You are still looking forward to that financial breakthrough. You are still looking forward to that good job that you have been pro, uh, uh, talking about. You are still looking forward to the salvation of your loved ones. You are still looking forward to peace in your own home. So, for the joy that is set ahead of you, don't give up. Keep on looking at that great promise ahead of you. Go with me to the book of First Peter. Chapter 1, 6-7, TLB. First Peter 1, 6 to 7 TLB, the living translation. It says, So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Even though the going is rough for a while down here, these trials are only to test your faith, to see whether or not it is strong and pure. It is being tested as fire tests gold. And purifies it. And your faith is far much more precious to God than mere gold. So if your faith remains strong after being tried in the test tube of fiery trials, it may bring much praise and glory and honor on the day of his return. You see what will help you to be patiently waiting upon the Lord? It says there is a wonderful joy ahead. So when you know what you are looking for, it's like even for us who are waiting for the coming of the Lord. I mean, I imagine spending eternity with the Father. I can't give that up for anything else. Even if the going gets tough, I will keep on holding because I'm looking at the joy ahead. People who do not have a vision, people who don't have something that they are looking forward to, they easily quit. They are not focusing. 
because they don't have a goal that they are striving for. But for you, child of God, you need to have a goal that you are striving for, knowing that I'm trusting God for this. I'm trusting God for this. I can see this in my family. I can see this in my future. I can see things working this way. I can see this. I can see this. You start seeing it in the spiritual realm and you start declaring it. And that will help you to patiently wait for what you are looking for. So he says, these trials are only to test your faith, to see whether or not it is strong and pure. It is being tested as fire tests gold and purifies it. You know that gold is tested through fire. And when it's refined and purified by fire, it becomes even a better gold. So even your faith, when it is tested by trials, when it is tested and you feel that I've been pushing and things seem not to be working, you are going through the testing process. You are going through the purification process. Keep on standing. Keep on standing. Some of those trials, some of those fires that are coming against you, they were not coming to burn you. The enemy might have intended to burn you with such fires, but the Lord can make something good out of that. That fire then will just be purifying your faith, and your faith will be stronger. It will be more precious. It says, here when he finishes, he says, so if your faith remains strong after being tried in the test tube of fire trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day of his return. So in other words, if I keep on standing, even when I'm tried, if I keep on standing, then my faith will be rewarded and I will be honored. Go with me to the book of James, chapter 1, 2 to 4. We'll read in the ERV because here, again also James calls it, actually in, 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 in King James he talks about count it all joy, brethren, when you are facing all these trials because then your faith has to work and then patience has to come into effect. Look at this. In the book of James, chapter 1, 2 to 4. I'll, uh, I'll do it ERV first and then TLB. My brothers and sisters, you will have many kinds of trouble, but this gives you a reason to be very happy. You know that when your faith is tested, you see now, your faith is tested. We heard that your faith can be tested and tried like gold. You know that when your faith is tested, you learn to be patient in suffering. So sometimes when your faith is tested, that's when you are learning to be patient. If you let that patience work in you, the end result will be good. You will be mature and complete. You will be all God, that God wants you to be. You see? So sometimes those trials, or sometimes those testing of your faith are meant to purify your faith, to see how strong your faith is. But he says that is the time to learn to be patient. And when you are patient, you will see the work of God being manifested in your life. He says, if you let that patience work in you, the end result will be good. You will be mature and complete. You will be all that God wants you to be. Now, if you do it in the TLB, Living Bible, it says, Dear brothers, is your life full of difficulties and temptations? Then be happy. For when the way is rough, your patience has a chance to grow. You see, he's now focusing on, we know it's about faith, but he says, 
when the going is rough, your patience have a chance to grow. So let it grow and don't try to squeam out of your problem. For when your patience is finally in full bloom, then you will be ready for anything. Strong in character, full and complete. So in other words, if you let your patience, if you patiently wait there, it says at the end, you will be ready for anything. People who know how to go through difficult times and they stand and they patiently wait upon the Lord and they see God coming through for them, then they get their faith boosted up to know that every time I start like this, the enemy opposes me, the enemy tells me it won't happen, the enemy tells me things are falling apart, but at the end I always win. So it means that should then give you courage, that should encourage you to say that the Lord has been so faithful to me, the Lord has been so good to me, he's done everything to me that he promised. Like he said in, in, in Joshua, it says in the days of Joshua, every word that God has spoken to Joshua, not one of them has fallen down to the ground. God promised, uh, fulfilled every promise. And he wants to do the same for you and I. But we need patience. We need to be patient. And I want to show you an example. We talked about, Dani uh, about Daniel. We talked about uh, Joseph. We, we talked about Abraham. But here I want to give you a practical example of a farmer. Okay? A farmer. We can learn from the faith of a farmer and we can learn from the patience of a farmer. So when a farmer sows a seed in the ground, that seed is going to die. But the farmer has faith that it will grow. Puts it in the ground, hide it, and then it dies, and then it starts sprouting out as a new plant. He has faith that it will happen that way. That's, when, that's why he would take a lot of seeds and plant them in the ground. He is not wasting them. He is planting them. Because he knows, this is now where faith comes in, he knows it will grow. But when it's growing, he needs to wait, to wait patiently for harvest time. So go with me to the book of James, chapter 5. 7 to 11, NIV, saying exactly what I was telling you now. You see, the word of God is very much interesting, encouraging, because God sometimes, and Jesus actually used to like teaching in parables. He gives us an example of something that we understand, and then he says how you can apply that in your faith walk. Look at this, James 5, 7 to 11, NIV. Be patient then, brothers and sisters. You see then, patience until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience, in facing suffering. Take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. You see how he encourages us here with patience. He says, look at the patience of a farmer. He patiently waits 
for the autumn and the spring rains. He patiently waits for the harvest time, knowing that harvest time is coming. I will patiently wait. But then he says, look at the prophets of old also and learn from them. You remember Job, what he went through and how he persevered and did not quit. How he persevered and ultimately God came through for him. So you probably haven't suffered as much as Job had suffered. But you want to quit. Job did not quit. So don't quit. Keep on persevering. Patiently wait upon the Lord. Patiently wait upon the Lord. So we said patience is the pillar to your faith. When your faith feels weak, you need that patience. You have need of patience. Because sometimes, even in our own faith walk, like I said, sometimes your faith is to be tried and tested. Tried and tested. Like gold is refined through the fire. So it's as if it's like that seed. The seed that you sow, it dies. Then when it raises again, it raises in newness and then it's got more out of it. So that is the same principle that we do when we plant a seed. When you are giving. So now here I just want to encourage the givers to say, as you patiently wait upon the Lord, even for your harvest, know that the one who promised is able to multiply your seed soul. He knows how to multiply your seed soul. Read it with me in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 to 11. It says, But this I say, He who sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He who sows bountiful shall reap also bountifully. Now we talked about a farmer and I told you about the faith of a farmer. So in the same way here, if you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. Every man according as he has purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. As it is written, he that hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. I want you to look at verse 10. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiplied your seed sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness. What does he do? He multiplies the seed sown. He cannot multiply a seed that is not sown. A farmer does not keep a seed in his bag and expect it to be multiplied. No, he's got to offer it. He's got to offer it. That's why even when Abraham was tested, he was prepared to offer, knowing that God is able to bring back Isaac from the dead, and God is also able to multiply my children so that I can have descendants, a lot of descendants on the earth. So it says God is able to multiply the seed soul. And if we do it in the NIV, let's do it in the NIV, and then I'll just conclude on what I'm sharing with you today. Verse 6 to 11, NIV, 2 Corinthians, chapter 9. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Usually when you sow sparingly, it's because you're not sure if the harvest will come. You don't know if 
God will be faithful enough to keep his end of the bargain. Okay? You're not like Abraham who trusted God that he who has promised is able also to perform. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give as you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, I want you to look at how the NIV puts it from verse 8. You will see how God wants to bless you as a giver. And as you, from there then, you've got to patiently wait for your harvest. You know, wherever you have planted, you can't plant a seed and just walk away and say, I don't mind whether I harvest or not, as long as I've planted. You are an irresponsible farmer if you do that. Look at this, verse 8. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work, you see how in the NIV it's using the words all things, all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. So when there is something, some good work to do, whether it's building project or anything that needs to be done in church, then you know this is another opportunity for me to abound in good work. And when I do this, I'm doing like Abraham. I'm trusting God. My faith is being tested to see if I trust God. Do I really trust God with what I have? Or I just say, I believe God. I just say that I trust God, but I don't really trust God. That's why I can't give. Because what if I give and then I don't get back? What if I plant my seed and it doesn't grow? Then that's not faith. It's very obvious that you do not believe. You do not have faith. So when you are tested there, even in your giving, you need to be able to give and know that I know God will multiply my seed. So, verse 9, as it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endureth forever. Verse 10. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. You just got that. That it means even in our giving, we need to patiently wait upon the Lord. We need to be like that farmer who plants a seed by faith, but also wait patiently for harvest. In your own life, whatever you are going through, you have need of patience. That after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. And you need to know that I'm not going to give in to things around me, to pressures around me, because I know what God has said. I'm going to stick with God. I'm going to stick with God, with all the energy that I have. Even when I no longer have energy, I'll still be sticking with God. Because the word of God says, let the weak say, I am strong. So even when I'm feeling weak, I will not say I feel weak. I will say, I am strong. Because the Bible doesn't say, let the weak say they are weak. They are just stating reality. They are just being realistic. No. There's no being realistic in faith. You only have to speak what God has said. So when he says, let the weak say I am strong. You say I'm strong even when you are feeling weak. You say by the stripes of the Lord Jesus I'm healed. Even when you are still feeling the pain. 
You say, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus, even when you think you have nothing. You say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Even when you know you are wanting, you are in big debt. You are speaking God's declaration over your life. And then you patiently wait for him to act. Patience, the pillar of your faith. 